It's just the honest nature of it. NIL is here to stay. So how has Penn State positioned itself to be successful in this new age of college football? You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That is right. You are locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, it is your team every single day. My name is Zach Seiko. I am your host of the show, and it is truly a privilege to have on a special guest here. He is now in charge of state media, part of Mercury Media Group, former Penn State tight end, former UMass tight end, where he was an All-America selection I, covering sports for CBS, be, doing color commentary. Adam Brenneman, I mean, the resume speaks for itself. Adam, thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it, man. I love the intro. I should, I should hire you to do my, to do my podcast intros. I, I'm available if it's that, if it's that easy. If it, if it really is that easy. So we're, we're talking a bunch of important subjects today, okay? The, the recent launch of state media, Penn oh. State football, of course, getting ready to kick off against West Virginia. Let us lead off with NIL. But first, today's episode is sponsored by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college to enter promo code LockedOnCollege for free. You get a white tech hat. That is right. With any purchase, you won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We can promise you that. Penn State and NIL, it's been, at least from the start, because James Franklin's been so transparent about this, Adam, yeah. is the fact that Penn State has been behind. We don't exactly know how far behind. We don't know exactly how much ground has been made up. At least the, the more conversations that you have with Coach Franklin, the more conversations that yourself have had with people, alumni boosters, et cetera. NIL, as sensitive as a subject it is, as it is to college football purists, it's here, okay? And it's, and it's not going yeah. anywhere. So at, at least in the present time, what progress has Penn State made with, with NIL? Where does Penn State stand with it? And from what, what you're allowed to share, because I know there's a lot of, there's inside stuff that not in, other programs definitely wouldn't want out there. What are you allowed to reveal about what Penn State's plan is moving forward to stay at the top of the stratosphere? Yeah, I, I mean, we could talk about that question for three hours today if we, if yeah. we wanted to. There's so yeah, much really. to do in the world of NIL. You know, I'll, I'll start with this. I, Penn State has the ability to be really the leader in the nation when it comes to NIL. You think of fan support, you think of the alumni network, you think of all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of positives around Penn State. And really one of the things that's made Penn State what it is today is the tradition, is the history, is the one way of doing things. When you have a head coach for 100 years, you have the same guy for however, however long with Joe Paterno. Yeah. Naturally, things are kind of done a certain way and, and it's tough to get things changed. Uh, that any organization would deal with that if, if, if you have the same head coach for a long time. Again, every, that's everything that made Penn State great and what it is today. The reality of, of college football that we're in right now yeah. is that NIL and the ability to, uh, the ability to acquire talent, uh, which a lot of times takes NIL money, is, is as, as important as it's ever been. I mean, you have to be you have to have an elite NIL program to be a, to become an elite football program. There, there's no debating it. Everyone knows it. It is what it is. Because of all the things that have made Penn State great, it's also made us kind of uh, weary to any type of paying players, any type of wanting to do things that, you know, uh, Coach Franklin on my podcast called it. A, a lot of programs have had a culture of giving for a long time. <laughs> it's just been against <laughs> the rules. 
Penn State has not had that, right? We, we, we haven't done it that way. We've done it by the book. We, we recruit a certain type of, of individual. But things have changed, and, and we can still recruit a Penn State guy. We can still have those high-caliber cal- people that are coming to Penn State for the right reasons. But we have to be able to compete with the NIL money and the funding that these players take to, to, have to get them on campus from a transfer portal, portal perspective, from a high school recruit perspective. And at Penn State, you know, Coach Franklin's always going to say, and it's the truth, no one at Penn State wants someone to come to Penn State for an NIL bag, right? No one wants them to come yeah. because they're getting X amount of dollars in NIL. But NIL cannot be a reason that a, that a player won't choose Penn State, right? It, it, we have to eliminate that completely. If all else is even, it can't be I'm going to go to Ohio State because they pay more NIL money than Penn State yeah. does. Because at the top of college football, there's not a whole lot of things differentiating Penn State and Ohio State. There's not a lot of whole lot. There's not many things between Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, so we can't we can't let NIL become the thing that has us losing out on recruits. Uh, with all that said, Penn State was behind uh, for all those reasons I just listed, but we're making up progress fast. I mean, I think the merger of the two collectives, Happy Valley United and Lions Legacy Club, was really big to merge uh, into Happy Valley United. Um, I'm I'm sorry, Successful Honor and Lions Legacy Club to merge into Happy Valley United has been great. Um, there's a lot of great leadership. Uh, around the program right now and i really think coach franklin talking about it publicly has been good he talked about it on my podcast uh we've done some some cool initiatives so uh we're we're, we're on the right track the reality is that to fund a, a football program in today's day and age it takes a lot of money uh from an nil standpoint and um and you know penn state while we're making progress still has a ways to go to you know to compete with the schools that we want to compete with. Uh, Penn State wants to compete with Ohio State and Michigan, and we need to compete with them in NIL money. And I'm pretty sure Ryan Day has the quote himself that it was going to take him $12.5, $13 million to fund his roster uh, one year. So if that's the number for Ohio State, it should probably be the number for Penn State as well. So uh, there's still a ways to go, but I'm excited to be involved. And we got a lot of cool support uh, and cool things going on. And the collective Happy Valley United is in as good of a place as it's been uh, since I – have, have kind of, you know, seen them and seen how they operate. It's in a really good spot. I do remember that when, when NIL had first launched or the Supreme court uh, a decision had gone through and this was the summer of 2021. It feels so long ago, but James, yeah. Fran- he was asked about that. And he said, well, if that's the number, if that's what yeah. Ohio he's, he didn't even mention Ohio state. He said, if that's the number, that's what we have to work with. He's and, and he always says you have to adapt with change. You can't just ignore it. So, folks, that is the honest nature uh, of NIL. No. Follow up question with that, Adam, is what is NIL just about soliciting donations? Is it just about accruing as much money as possible? I feel like it's a little more complex than that. But I want to know from you, since you're right there alongside it with Penn State and Happy Valley United and everything else. So because you just had that event with Christian Hackenberg, the, the tour around Beaver stadium, all, all the, yeah. that, basically that day in the life of being uh, yeah. uh, around the campus and inside what Penn state football is on, on a game day and just, just the scenery of it. So it, I, I feel like I want people to not have that misconception that NIL is more than just getting the donations and, and contributing dollars. It, it, it's yeah. going to be the, the camps, the work. I see people working with, you know, like youth camps and everything. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but what what else can it be? There's a lot of cool benefits to NIL. You know, there's there's different kinds of campaigns and donations. Obviously, at a high level, NIL is just a player 
uh, being able to monetize his name, image, and likeness. So essentially to do marketing deals, to get paid to appear places, to be, get paid to post on social media. That's really what it is. That, that's all it is. What's happening now is that fans, because they want their players to be able to make money and compete, a lot of times are pooling money together to be able to pay their players through what, what's called a collective. A yeah. collective is just essentially an entity that pools money together from fans, whether it's from subscription donations to yeah. you pay monthly to the collective and you get access to these certain kind of events, whether it's through campaigns like I just launched with a collective, Race to 107, where we're just raising small dollar donations from fans who want to make an impact and be part of part of NIL at Penn State. And then it's it's also big donations and businesses and a business like West Shore Home and BJ Wersion who give mm-hmm. seven figure commitments to Happy to Happy Valley United to then go fund the players and in return everyone's has to do deliverables you know the, the players BJ Wersion and West Shore Home in return through the collective get access to the players for commercials and things like that uh, and the thing about NIL it's not just getting a player getting paid directly. From the collective there has to be an exchange of services right so mm-hmm. the players have to do something in order to get the money so that that's where it's really benefiting multiple sides it benefits the player benefits the business involved and benefits the collective and in turn for fans nil has unlocked a whole new world of access for fans uh stuff that never would have been dreamed of before is now possible because of the uh, because of the importance of nil so programs and collectives and businesses like mine at mercury think what can we give fans that they haven't been able to experience before through the world of NIL? And uh, that's what you're seeing. You mentioned the event we had, the, the VIP Beaver Stadium experience with myself mm-hmm. and Christian Hackenberg. Uh, you know, we partnered with the collective on that. We were able to use the use the stadium. Fans run out of the tunnel, hear their name on the loudspeaker. Their, pit, their name is on Beaver Stadium's uh, Jumbotron. You get the ring the bell, sing the alma mater, go in the locker room, like cool stuff that fans have never been able to do. And when they pay for that ticket, part of that money is going right to the players, the collective. Um, so, and there's things like going to autograph events with the players, going to an open practice Penn State had a couple of weeks ago where anyone who donated to the collective could go watch practice. So there's a lot of cool initiatives that that uh, that fans can be part of. Overall, I think it's a really good thing for the sport, a good thing for college football. I think everyone wants players to be able to make money. Like no one's sa- sitting here saying, we don't want players to be able to get paid. It's some of the bad actors in it that cause the issues, but for what Penn State's doing and what we're part of, uh, there, there's so many positives, and it's, it's been been really good. It's only going to get better and grow even more. But the fans now have access and and can be part of things they've never been able to be part of before. And that's a lot of work that uh, you and Christian were putting in for the VIP experience because unfortunately you don't play for the team anymore, so you don't get that cut of the NIL dollars. Yeah, no, I, I certainly wish we uh, we could still get some NIL money. Christian and I were talking about it actually. It'd be it'd be uh, it'd be it'd be nice to be to to have NIL when we were still playing. Yeah, yeah, I think I I ran into KJ Hamler at the at the Spikes baseball game, and I said that, and he's like, I would have made millions of dollars. <laughs> so it, he would have been the perfect person to yeah. to market alongside, of course, yourselves and, and Christian. It's locked on Nittany Lions now. What you have been able to do post your playing career is nothing short of incredible. State media, what it is, what it isn't, and the vision you have for it. Adam, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is Bird Dogs. Bird Dog shorts and pants are incredible. Bird Dogs will make you look good, plain and simple as that. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. 
They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. I, I don't like that. Uh, Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing the cloud knit fabric that looks just like the khaki shorts, but stretches in the same way to give it in a way to give you that slimmer fit without having to sacrifice that movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I got a couple of pairs of bird dog shorts myself. I've said that before and I'll say it again because I, I love them. I wear them a lot. They live up to the billing. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and do it yourself. Go get a pair of pants and shorts. And when you sign up and when you use that promo code with locked on college, you get a free white tech hat to go along with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We can promise you that. And Locked on Nittany Lions is your go-to podcast for happyvalleyinsider.com. Penn State Rivals, check them out. We are so close to Penn State versus West Virginia. All the previews there as well as other analysis. And the two-part ultimate college football preview is live on Locked on Big Ten. Locked on Nittany Lions here as well. We'll re-preview the conference in full. Available on YouTube wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. What is your team every single day and of course you can follow myself on social media at zach underscore sake you can follow adam on x twitter whatever you call it at adam brenneman 81 you can also follow him along with state media i and then this is an incredible initiative there's a lot of star power to this adam but i i feel like i there's i don't really need to introduce this i think everything that you are saying about this is going to per perfectly encapsulate what ultimately it is so what is state media how did it form? You were working, you are working very closely with Mercury, but how did how did state media come about? Yeah, I'll kind of give you the the one thousand foot view real quick. So, um, I'm a co-founder in a, a company called Mercury, which you just mentioned, mm -hmm. um, which at its core is a college sports media and fan experience company. So we create podcasts. And there's a lot of different verticals of the business. We create podcasts. Uh, create these fan experiences at different schools, partner directly with athletic departments on content and media, um, and have a lot of different things going. But for us right now, uh, given my background and, and the history at Penn State and the need we felt like at Penn State for, number one, a, a content network that ties in with the collective and the NIL part of it, with the ability to have players as part of it and some former players. And we knew Christian Hackenberg wanted to get involved. And we said we should bring Mercury to Penn State. And what we do at these premier schools we work with, we at Mercury, we work with Oklahoma, Kentucky, Kansas, Clemson, um, and now Penn State's really becoming our main priority, at least for the foreseeable future as a business, is we create these, these content networks, uh, th this kind of unique intellectual property at, at the university in partnership with the collective and with Penn State sports, sports properties. And for those who don't know, Penn State Sports Properties is the group that basically manages at Penn State the Beaver Stadiums, the last football building, all the facilities and all the branding and, and logos at Penn State. So we partner directly with them and create this content network that, um, you know, for us allows us to have really cool people part of it, like Hackenberg, like Aeneas Hawkins, who's a former player. Uh, we're about to announce a podcast with uh, two players on the current Penn State team, which is obviously tough to get done. Uh, and it allows us to have access to do the experiences like we did, like we put on at Beaver Stadium, the VIP Beaver Stadium experience. So uh, all that's in partnership with the collective. You know, part of the money, whenever we make money, part of it goes to the collective and, and supports them and, and their funding. Um, and it allows us to really create this one-stop home for all things Penn State sports, uh, Penn State football, Penn State NIL, uh, and build it out from there. It's, and it's been it's been really cool for for me. 
I knew that college media, college football media would change in the world of NIL. And it was trying to figure out how it's going to and how it all plays together. Really, for us, we're at state media, we're positioned in a really unique spot in the middle of Penn State Sports Properties, in the middle of of Happy Valley United, in the middle of former players, in the middle of current players, and kind of bringing it all together. And it's a big task. Like there's a lot of lot of lot of hands that that, that are part of it, a lot of different opinions. Um, but what we're doing is is really revolutionary and it's pretty special. And when we pull it off, it's going to end up being, um, you know, kind of the place where people think Penn State football and Penn State sports and Penn State coverage that they think state media. And it, and it will also allow fans to not just get content and media, but to actually make an impact and be part of the NIL process at Penn State and get experiences and access that they've never been able to get before. So that's the overarching goal um, is to kind of make it the one-stop home for the best Penn State fans in, in the country. Uh, you mentioned Christian Hackenberg. Uh, he was part of that VIP experience. You and him uh, throw throwing him and throwing passes. You catching them uh, with fans, uh, which was really neat. Uh, but then Christian, who's someone who's had, of course, the the NFL playing time, had had good college seasons as well. Despite there were you know a lot of ups and downs, of course, and then ultimately did make it to the NFL. Played a little bit professional football after yeah. played professional baseball. Someone like him didn't exactly seem like he was going to get into the media verse. But how are you able to? Was it a matter of convincing him? Was was he always yeah. interested? How are you able to partner up with him? And then I'll ask about Aeneas to, after Christian. Yeah, good question. So Christian, obviously Christian's been one of my best friends for a long time. We were in the same recruiting class in high school. We've been very close. Uh, Christian has dabbled in the media world. He actually did a podcast last year talking uh, college football. And really, when 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 I was when we were putting this kind of team together and how we wanted it to look and who could be part of it. Christian makes a lot of sense because one, he's a Penn State legend. Uh, I mean, he's one of the most impactful, most important players in Penn State history. Uh, everyone knows who he is. He's got a great personality. Uh, he's great on camera and, and in, in the media. And ultimately, the most important part is he loves Penn State. Uh, he loves the school. He loves the program, and he wants to see him succeed. And when 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 I approached him and called him about this idea, I mean, it didn't take much convincing. It was like, where's the con? I'm pretty actually, to be honest. I think we got off the phone and like two hours later, Christian asked me where the contract was. And I'm like, dude, I mean, can you give me an hour to get it done? Um, but so he, he was excited and wanted to be part of it. And I think Christian, since he left Penn State, I had Christian on my podcast and we talked about this a lot. Obviously, there were ups and downs in his career at Penn State as there were with mine. Since Christian's left and, and stopped playing, I think he's had this desire to get back involved in the community, back involved with the fans, back involved. You know, he hasn't go gone to many games. He hasn't been around very much. But now I knew he wanted to be be more involved, and now now he's super involved, right? Now now he's going to be at everything. We got him posting on Twitter more now than he has in in, in five years. So uh, we kind of flipped the switch, and he's back. And and uh, we keep saying hack, hack is back. And I think overall, that's having Christian Hackenberg involved at Penn State, involved in NIL, involved in Penn State media, involved in state media is a great thing for the program. You, you want people like that involved. You want people like that in your community. And I know how much this place at Penn State means to Christian. And, and um, you know, I, I know he's excited to, to be part of it. And then there's Aeneas Hawkins, who, like, like Christian, is also going to be do, have this initiative for podcasts, content, and so much more. 
Uh, it was a privilege to work alongside Aeneas for uh, home games when ESPN Radio State College was still in existence. Unfortunately, it was disbanded, but we got to co-host pre-game and post-game shows together. And it, it was easy when P it, it, Aeneas didn't immediately have all the all like radio experience, but he had so much more in terms of conversational. He was doing podcasts with what the Limitless and Sean Clifford. So it, it was it was a no brainer when people said, Hey, well, who would you like to have as a co-host? And I said, let's reach out to Aeneas Hawkins since yeah. he's finished with his playing career. And now he's moved up. He's with state media as well. So why him as well? What is it about him? His, what he's able to do from a content perspective, his character uh, and on camera, just presence yeah. when it comes to being in content. Yeah. I, I followed Aeneas for a while. Uh, and since I you know, got to know him maybe a couple of years ago, have followed his growth, his content, um, uh, the, how he is on camera, uh, the content he creates on TikTok and social media, <laughs> which is really good. So I followed him. And, and again, when we at Mercury decided to, to make the move at Penn state and to get involved in this in, by creating state media, it was an absolute no-brainer. Aeneas was, I think, the second call I made after Christian, uh, wanting him to be okay. part of it. I mean, he's he is a dynamic personality. He, again, loves Penn State. It has great relationships with the program. Um, and he's going to be a star. I mean, he'll, he'll be a star in media. I have no doubt about it. Our, you know, our biggest problem is going to be keeping him. Um, you know, he's, he's, yeah. he's an impressive dude and will continue to climb the ranks and become bigger and bigger. Um, I, I'm just glad to have him part of it. Again, he has so much respect from that program um Aeneas is actually going to be co-hosting the show with the two current Penn State players that, that we're, that we're going to launch um and and it's easy to see when we're trying to set this whole thing up obviously I have great relationships and coach Franklin I know I know everyone mm -hmm. in the program but as soon as Aeneas came into the picture it was easy to see how comfortable everyone is with him how much the players respect him and like him uh, it made everything a lot easier and and i think that's a testament to who he is as a person the trust he's built within that program and uh, i have no doubt that that he's going to create some really cool penn state content for us nil is very important of course the way that penn state football is presented but None of it really matters if Penn State isn't turning that into wins on the football field. Yeah. Adam, as we get into this final segment, the 2023 football team, I mean, this is one of the most exciting teams that I've seen, at least in the past decade, aside from 2017. 2017 had a lot yeah. of potential. If it wasn't for four points and, you know, maybe arguing with the college football playoff committee, Penn State area in 2016, especially because Washington gets in whatever, besides yeah. the point, but four points away in 2017. That's how close it is. They, they talk about football as a game of inches, but here they are in 2023 with five-star quarterback, dynamic running back duo. You have two number ones, as James Franklin has said it. I don't need to say it. James Franklin has said it. Uh, yeah. You have the best offensive line in memory, tight ends to go along with that, and then a defense that is going to be top five in so many categories with all the minds that you have between Franklin, Yursich, Stacey Collins, Manny Diaz, so I, I don't, I think it's it summed up pretty well, but being as a former football player uh, and playing at Penn state, playing at UMass and then coaching, what do you see about this Penn state football team that you really like out of all the things that I just named? Yeah, there's a lot to like. Uh, I'll say the, the biggest thing to me at Penn state for so long, the issue has been the offensive line. Okay. It goes back to when the sanctions were there. It, it, it's, mm -hmm. it was always a depth issue and figuring out that place and figuring out all five positions and then having the depth to last through a Big Ten season. For the first time since I can remember, the offensive line is a strength of the team. 
is you know, getting Olu Fashionu back for another year. Um, a guy like Tangwell coming back. I mean, you, you, there's uh, Caden Wallace, obviously. There, there's a lot of experience in depth and a lot of guys on that offensive line that will play in the National Football League. And again, I don't know when you could you could have said that again about Penn State continuously and feel confident about it. So to me, that's the most important piece because when you have a young quarterback uh, who hasn't mm-hmm. started a game, Drew is a, Drew is a, a, a special talent. He's in the point one percent mm-hmm. of arm talent in the in the world. But when you have a young quarterback, he needs to have the safety net of an offensive line uh, to be able to allow him to develop, to allow him to get stronger and better throughout the season, and allow him to play confident without having a lot of experience. And when you have that, that offensive line and the running game behind it, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay dividends for a guy like Drew, who's, who's, again, extremely talented but hasn't yet started a game at Penn State. Uh, so for me, the offensive line is what I kind of circle and say – this is the reason that if they make the playoff run, it will be because of that offensive line. Toughest part of the schedule, of course, that first road game against Illinois. Uh, who knows if there's going to be any demons exercise here from 2021, <laughs> nine overtimes. I, yeah. I, I feel like, it, if anything, James Franklin and whoever, it doesn't matter the whatever present Penn State regime, like the group of players, it's even if they didn't play in that game, let's take Minnesota, for example, in 2019, and yeah. then to come around in the whiteout and to, you know, uh, basically just knock the Golden Gophers yeah. out immediately uh, after the second quarter. It was all smooth sailing from there. But I feel like those games, even though so, okay, current players didn't necessarily play in that, but they feel that revenge factor come in, and that's a testament to the coaching staff. Is there a part of the schedule that you say, hey, this is going to be tough navigating for Penn State, or is it pretty much balanced all the way through? Because I like the way it sets up when it was Ohio State early in the season. It wasn't, I, I felt like that's a little too soon, but then now you can get Drew a little more acclimated, and then that game in Columbus doesn't seem as intense as it would but Illinois going up to Champaign in week three, I think, is going to be a tougher challenge than people might anticipate with Iowa waiting right behind that in the whiteout. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I agree. I think that that Illinois game could be somewhat of a trap game um, that, that, like you just mentioned. Hopefully it won't be because of what mm-hmm. happened just a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, the, the one part of the schedule I like is is obviously getting UMass at home before you before you go to Ohio, go to Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, just the ability to hopefully not have to play your starters in the second half. Uh, and, and I think at times of well, really, when you look at this schedule, everyone knows it. Everyone said it. You got to be, you got to win one of the two big ones. You got to beat Ohio State or beat Michigan. I think Michigan's going to be a tough team to beat this year. I can't. I don't. I look at the roster and can't pick what the weakness is on their roster. I can't figure out how you beat Michigan, how anyone beats Michigan, yeah. uh, other than maybe Georgia. So Michigan's a tough one. Um, so to me, I'm looking at that Ohio State game. Like Penn State has got to find a way to win that game on the road. Um, in the horseshoe and the the ability to get UMass the week before, uh, I think will be will be really really good. Um, obviously, I, I always like the Penn State Maryland game. I think that's always a great one. It, it's a it's a classic. It's kind of the rivalry that's not really a rivalry because <laughs> Penn State's better. Um, but <laughs> but there's enough. always a lot of, a lot of intensity in that game and and getting them the week before the Michigan game. I think is also that Maryland game usually is a is a tough game. It's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be especially being on the road. Um, so don't love the Maryland to Michigan back to back, but yeah. um, but at the end of the day, it, you're playing in the Big Ten East. Uh, your schedule is not going to be much more favorable than Penn State's is right now. There's a lot of high profile players. I could easily sit back and say, well, Drew Aller's my consensus breakout player, and Nicholas Singleton's really good. Like that's it, it's it's lazy because we know, okay, Adam, we we know yeah. all of this, but 
who are some of the maybe the unsung heroes? Tyler Warren's been brought up really as of late, and this was yeah. started. The hype train was started by Josh Pate over at twenty four seven CBS is the yeah. best kept secret uh, for Penn State football. So right now, which player is some uh, offense, defense, maybe even special teams that you think uh, deserve a little more recognition going into the season? Yeah, you know, I'll get I'll give you a guy who already gets recognition, but I don't think at the level it should be. Okay. Uh, I, I was at practice and saw some of some of what they were doing. I'll start with this because of the situation with the receiver room and the talent they have around at tight end and running back. We're going to see a lot of 22 personnel, 21 personnel, which is two running backs, one tight end. Um, We'll we'll see a lot of 12 personnel. We'll see a lot of guys. A lot of times where only one or two receivers are on the field and not three, like a a typical Mike Yersich offense. The guy who I think actually has a chance to, like win the John Mackey award is Theo Johnson. I mean, I saw, I saw him. He looks elite. He looks lean the way he was moving at practice, using him all over the field. I think he's going to be even better. And again, I know everyone knows he's a good player. I think he has a chance to enter into like the elite category of tight ends in college football. Um, I asked Drew about playmakers. I, I think I asked Drew about the receivers. And the first guy you mentioned was Theo Johnson. As far as like the guy he's looking yeah. forward to throwing to, so I think Theo's got a chance to to have a really really good season. I, I mean, the other guy I'm looking at again, not, not a not a sleeper name by by any means, but I think Johnny Dixon's got a chance to to be really good, and 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 uh, obviously that spot um, is re- replacing Joey Porter is is uh, a. Yeah you know, kind of a question mark. I asked Terry Smith about it and, and how do you, you need to find someone that can play opposite Kalen King and allow them to still do what they want to do on defense. And I, from what I saw at practice a couple of weeks ago, I thought Johnny Dixon looked really good and, and mature and looked like he was already ready to step into that role, um, you know, at, at, a, at a high level and compete in, in the way that, that those guys, that Joey Porter did, that some of the, you know, that uh, many Diaz said it on my, on my podcast, there's 16 some turnovers hanging out in the NFL right now from last last year's team. They have to find guys, find some way to replace the defensive production that they did. And I think Johnny Dixon will be a big, big part of that. And Dixon becomes all the more important, like Kalen King was a year ago, just the being on the first team All-America team for the AP and to see he was third in the country in terms of passes defended. That includes breakups and interceptions. So you're going to be targeted a lot. And the number two receivers on some of these Big Ten teams, let's think of uh, Abuka at Ohio State, that's who Johnny Dixon's going to be tasked with covering. He'll probably get that matchup a lot. So uh, it, it's it's good that there's that reassurance that there's not a stark drop-off from Kalen King. Yeah. Not that I would expect there to be, but the, that there's that boat of confidence that, hey, Johnny Dixon is on a similar level of play as Kalen King here. So Adam, let's, let's finish up this conversation. I really appreciate it. This is yep. one of the best podcasts I think I've done on locked on Nittany lines and that's predictions here since we're, we're very cool. We're inside of two weeks, a little over seven days away from West Virginia at the time when this is going to go up on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast and predictions. I don't know if you've been helped to it yet, Adam. So hopefully you you've had this practice rehearsed of what you think they're going to do. Is it an undefeated season? That's it's, a possibility, but I want to know how likely you think it is. And then is it is it Big Ten championship? Is it a win? Is it a loss? Do they actually make the four-team college football playoff? Because there are some out there that, yes, Penn State has not been to a four-team playoff, and this is the final year to do it. So if Penn State leaves the season, even if it is 11-1, and one, they get to another high-profile bowl game. If you don't make the four-team playoff in its existence, I feel like there's going to be a lot of schools that – 
look back with a lot of regret and say, man, what could have been, because now it's going to be easier since we're not going from four to yeah. six to four to eight, You're going to 12. And it, it's not going to have the exact same intensity, the flair, because it's harder to get into. But ultimately your predictions, a, a record, a Big Ten championship berth, college football playoff berth, where does this Penn State football team actually end up? You know, first I'll say the program in the in the depth and the roster is in a good of a spot as it's been in the James Franklin era. So yeah. The the while everyone will feel like it's a playoff or bust kind of season, the reality is it's not. Uh, you you okay. have a quarterback quarterback who's young and, and and has time and hopefully has a couple more years. You have a roster that that has a lot of young talent. Um, you've shown the ability to recruit and the classes they brought in um, has been you know has been impressive and, and shown the ability to play on the field right away. So it, it's a good time to be a Penn State fan. Yeah, I. I have not made a full prediction yet, but I will give you this. I, I, okay. I have them. I have Penn State going eleven and one. I have them losing to Michigan and beating Ohio State. Uh, how that plays out in the Big Ten East and in the yeah. tiebreaker scenario, I, I'm not ready to make a prediction on that. I don't know. I, I just watched the whole thing about Joel Klatt talking about the tiebreakers on the Big Ten East and what yeah. all has to happen. Obviously, it'll come down to all the other factors um, when it comes to the Big Ten championship game. Cannot wait for the divisions to go away in the Big Ten. By the way, that'll yeah. be that'll be that'll be a good day. Um, but you know, eleven and one season beating Ohio State, you got a chance at the playoffs. And I think at the end of the yes. day, it comes down to controlling the controllable, um, worrying about the things you can control, not worrying about what the committee's thinking, not worrying about how the tiebreaker is going to play out, not worrying about is Michigan going undefeated, like. At the end of the day, you control what you can control and put yourself in the best possible situation at the end of the year. And I don't think there's anyone who, right, sitting here right now, would would say no to an 11-1 season with a win against Ohio State. I think we'd all be pretty happy with it, and and I think we would further cement that this program is in a good of a spot as it's, as it's ever been. Offensive and defensive MVPs. One guy that's going to stand out above all the rest on both both sides of the football. Yeah. Oh, I like I like these prediction questions. I mean. <laughs> I it's if Penn State goes 11 and one and beats Ohio State the offensive MVP is going to be Drew Aller I mean there's no there's that won't happen unless Drew Aller plays really well and when the quarterback plays really well he's always the MVP so um yeah you're not beating Ohio State and going 11 one of the Big Ten with with just a run game and not throwing the football so if they do that Drew Aller will be playing really well um and you know and he'll be the MVP of the, of the offense. So um, again, I, I think obviously there's a lot of skill set on that side of the ball, but really, as you know, in college football, you're going to go as your quarterback goes. That's, that's mm-hmm. the reality. Yeah. You're going to, you need a playmaker there. You need, you need a guy that can stand in there and, and throw it in the pocket that can create with his legs. And again, if Drew has the kind of season, I think he will, it'll be the reason Penn State's 11 and one. And then defensive MVP. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of candidates. I, I think, from what I've heard and seen at practice, I think that Chop Robinson looks even better than he looked before, which is hard to compete with. I mean, like yeah. he's like even better and even more of a freak. Um, uh, it could be any of those edge guys. Adisa Isaac I, I looks really good from what I saw. Um, you know, so there, there, there's a lot of options. I think the defensive MVP will be one of the front edge rushers. You know, deny Dennis okay. Sutton's there too, uh, depending on how that all plays out. But I, I think if 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 again, if Penn State goes eleven and one and beats Ohio State, Chop Robinson's going to need to have an absolute monster season. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think the defensive front will go as as he goes. 
And somehow these guys were left off the All-America teams by the AP. Not at first or second <laughs> team didn't. Chop Robinson, I just did a podcast on that. Chop Robinson, Abdul Carter. I think Abdul Carter's someone that is yeah. really just, it, oh, yeah, he's a, an all-Big Ten caliber player. He's an all-country all kind, kind yeah, of player. I mean, player. You, you forget that Abdul Carter was a, was, is in the second year in the program. I mean, it, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> So and and if it wasn't for uh, getting suspended for the bad helmet helmet call in the per- I feel like he would have had a faster start to his season yep. uh, if it wasn't for getting thrown out of the Purdue game. But uh, that that's besides the point. But Adam, this has been so insightful. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I, I hope that you can. If, I know how busy you are, so if if there's an opportunity again to have you back on the podcast, uh, it would be great. Again, I want to give you another opportunity. Where can people keep up with all the incredible work that you and Christian and Nias uh, and then yourself personally? that you're you're doing yeah i appreciate it man it, it, this has been fun myself just follow me on social media at adam brennan 81 and then uh, state media is uh is state media psu all over all over social media so uh we'll be putting out a lot of good content i'll keep cranking out the content and and uh, i'm excited to to you know see how penn state does this this season and, and also continue to support the program and and all the nil efforts that, that, that they have going on adam I, i'm very grateful for the time thank you so much thanks man appreciate it Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Locked On Nittany Lines. Become an everyday or subscribe to the YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast previews of West Virginia coming up, analyzing the news as it's released. It'll all be right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.